Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour, Richard Geiger, DC Animated Connoisseurs. Isn't it strange? No, because that's Marvel. Oh, what you mean? Adam Strange. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 see, there's another one <laughs> hiding out in here. Well, I'm just trying, I'm trying to forget. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, not my not my favorite character of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was an interesting choice and delivery and part of the story. Oh yeah, yeah. Which we will get into. Yeah, obviously, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some comic book goodness. Uh, in this instance, we're talking about animated movies that are on streaming for all of us to consume so long as you have max yes um why they ever change it from hbo i don't know but my contention is that this streaming service as much as people like netflix and disney plus is is great you know in in stretches when they release you know a show that's cool but anyway um i think this one is the best of the best I'm biased. Well, it's 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 fine to have the ones that you like uh, as long as you don't like all of them because then you will have so many streaming. Got to have a budget for it for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, do you remember the days when we were going to save money by cutting the cable and, and then it's like, well, all right. <laughs> I mean, I hear Cartman's voice from the, the cable and, and satellite. I'm just like, screw you guys. <laughs> Well, okay, so a lot of these, if you were a movie person or you had HBO or you had like a couple of the movie channels and you had a cable package and you had your internet, you know, Comcast Xfinity is a good example of that. You're paying 200 bucks a month for that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now you can get your internet for 70 and you can pay miscellaneous streaming services that, that might total you 30, 40 bucks. So you can save money but you do sacrifice the live television aspect of that. If you're a sports person, that hits hard, but otherwise, it's not that big a deal. Like for me, I do not watch the the putting of the balls and nets and hoops and goals and whatever else you might be doing. Although I do have a I do have a, a specific fondness for the winter and summer games, so that's kind of a sad thing for me. Yeah, but I have a I I want to think that you can watch those for free in some capacity. Um, it's a it's a once every four year thing. Um, I imagine whether it's the NBC app or the Peacock app that you could watch some of that stuff for free. But if you want to watch all of the things, that would require the subscription. Would be my guess. Well, to get back to <laughs> so yeah, we, we don't so we don't sidetrack too much. The specific um, the specific item that we're going to be talking about. This evening, we're going to be going over Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Uh, DC decided to restart their animated semi-cinematic universe recently. Now, I've been a big proponent of the previous ones. So when you had the Flashpoint Paradox, that kick-started a new run of 20-some-odd animated movies. And those were terrific. Uh, If you watch them in sequence... Things in the first couple are referenced later on in the middle and at the end. And everything has 
a continuity, the voice actors, the stories, the people that come up here that go away there, they're all tied in together. And then it was, uh, the final one was the Justice League Dark um, Apocalypse. Yeah, the Apocalypse War. And if you watched all the other ones, that movie kind of tied all of the interactions together, whether you liked that story or not, or whether it followed a certain path or not, of what your expectation was. If you did the self-contained chunk of 20-some-odd movies, that one was great. But, of course, at the end they said, well, uh, Flash, go run and start things over again. So they had an excuse. Right. And then in 2020, there was a Superman movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. Superman, the man of tomorrow. And that was kind of the first of this particular chunk of movies, uh, of the reboot of the storytelling that is loosely tied together and not nearly as congruent and smooth and great as that first chunk. Well, and and this is a problem that the comic book industry has been facing for a long time, and they were going to have to deal with it in the same way in the same way that the comic books had to, or the companies that created comic books. They've they've all taken kind of different ways of doing anything. Marvel usually doesn't really reset things. They just kind of tweak and keep things in continuity, but then have, you know, sort of soft resets or some, some slight uh, alterations. They want to keep things kind of going. DC does not hesitate to say, yeah, we're starting over and we're just completely wiping the slate because the the bottom line is you got to give new viewers or in, the, in their case new readers a chance to jump on and not feel like they're weighed down with you know a hundred years worth of story that they don't know and they're just going to be immediately lost as soon as they get into it. So yeah, it's it's a real problem. And so far, and this is for people that aren't comic book fans. I don't know how many of you are going to be listening to this if you're not a comic book fan, but uh, for you people that are not comic book fans. No one has done it well. It has always had problems. There's, there's, yeah, it's how are you going to do it? No, like, it's you, hard. You can only make up uh, a change that alters the entire universe so smoothly and so many times, right? Right? It's just and, and that, that is really, believe it or not, not me putting anyone down because it's, it's almost an impossible problem to fix you're going to inevitably have something that does not turn out the way that that it needs to you're going to alienate existing fans or alienate all of the fans yeah. <laughs> you know whatever but it's it's it is really rough and I do not I do not um, envy them having to deal with this well so a little easier in TV land and in movie land they've mm-hmm. been dealing with restarting stuff for decades and decades and everybody just kind of accepts it because you know it's a new television show there's a new night court there's a, a new whatever there's a new yeah. version of other things you know comes out as movies we're used to it at this point we don't ex- it, the new people don't know what even happened in the first place and the old people get to you know groan and grumble i remember when i was younger you know new stories new stories right. you know the, whatever it is the the first sequence was really Batman heavy and this one did we see Batman at all in this no I don't even know if he was Superman was also not in it. referenced even he was um that 
briefly, yes. Now, in, in the ones that were before this, if it's going to fall into the same continuity, and I can't, I can't remember, I think it does, they did The Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. So there's part one and part two. Um, that was more of the, the Batman universe of right. things in this sequence. Well, we're going to treat this just like we treat all of the movies that we review. We're going to be super scientific about it. We're going to break it down into multiple categories, give them all scores, add it together, and it'll have a score somewhere between zero and 100, and that'll tell you how we feel about it. But before we get into it, before we go into the uh, inevitable spoilers that are going to happen, we're going to give you just a, a little general preview of our thought process. Normally say, is this something you should see in the theaters, wait for it to be on streaming, ignore completely. In this instance, is this something that if you have Max, you should watch? If you don't have Max, should you get Max to watch it? Uh, Or again, should you just kind of ignore it? Uh, We'll let Richard go first with just kind of a general feeling. So I've I've got this craving let's call it i've got a hunger for dc content and good bad or otherwise i want more of it because i feel like the characters and the worlds and the items and the delivery on these things is just so underutilized in in media and when i say underutilized i mean we can go to a theater and we can watch batman seven times over and trust me i'm for the most part, I'm cool with that. And there's some Superman content, right? And then more recently, there's been some Wonder Woman that's been... Hit or miss. Hit or miss. But what we what I want to see is the whole, like, the whole bits of everything. Like, if you're going to give me uh, just those core and, like, rely on that core, man, that stuff had better be good. When there's so many other cool things... You know, we were t- chatting about it before. You want to do some, you want to do some Green Arrow. I'm not a CW person. I didn't watch any of those shows. I, I, Such a good show. I, I couldn't get into that stuff. I tried. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Um, and funny, I like the cartoons better. But uh, you had the Green Arrow character, and every, you know, every week there was some new element or good guy or bad guy something that was coming in like it's a vast world there's lots of cool people involved in this so don't just keep giving me batman right and i love batman by the way but what i like in these dc things is we're we're getting other stories other characters other things visualized and sometimes it's not good and sometimes it's fine what i would say about this one is if you already own or you're already subscribed to Max, I think it's worth an hour and 10 minutes to sit and watch. Um, If you don't have it, don't get Max for this. Get Max for those other 20 movies Mm. that were out. You'll have a much better enjoyment for those things compared to this and all the other things that are on there. But in terms of like getting it to watch this, no, don't do that. So I also have a hunger for DC uh, however, I expect a certain level of quality, regardless of whether it's core characters or not. Because by now, you ought to know. You ought to know. You think. That there are so many places that you can get the information about the characters. Even just a quick Wikipedia look for some general understanding and, Yeah, is, is fine. Um, 
So if you are not a comic book fan and you don't have Max, no, don't get Max for this. I agree with what he said. Get Max for all the other stuff, but not really for this. If you are a comic book fan, do not get Max for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you've already got um, Max and you're a comic book fan, still ignore it. This is maybe the worst animated feature I have ever seen based on DC products. But Period. you haven't seen them all. No, but of the ones I've seen, this is the worst by far. It is it is not good. It is aggressively not good. It's not all bad. Understand. And again, this is my personal opinion because it's going to hit different people in different ways. And there are elements of this that I'm going to praise. You're going to go, it's like, you just said this was awful. And you're, you're talking about how awesome Aldous Hodge is. Yeah, because he is. But uh, you get looking at the full picture, looking at the whole thing, I want that hour to hour and a half of my life back. Now, for some perspective, we've touched on this a bit in discussions in previous podcasts. If you look at the DC universe of things... And we'll rule out the big three, uh, but maybe even more so than the big three. Your favorite of the DC properties, character groups would be? The Green Lantern Corps. Yes. So when it comes to viewing this, obviously you, you have a little bit more investment oh, yeah. in the storyline and the characters and the delivery and what your expectation is. But I even went into this with the understanding that they may not have the same level of investment as I am. The The character, you know, Hal Jordan is my favorite, and he's not the, the primary. Though, I would say that Jon Stewart, if not second, is probably third. It, it kind of goes between him and Kyle Rayner, back and forth, as who's my second favorite. And, there are a lot of Green Lanterns. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the nice things about them. There's a lot of characters to, to like at different levels. Jessica Rodriguez, is that her name? Uh, that's one of the newer ones. Um, but that's that's the thing. So, so I'm going in with this. I'm, I'm trying to temper my expectations because, first of all, I saw the cover art, and I go, uh-oh. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Ruh> real, Raggy. <laughs> this, this, this does not bode well. Um, so anyway, let's get let's get straight into it. Let's jump into it. Both feet. Two feet. Two feet. Four feet. Well, there's two of us. Yeah, that that would be four feet. All right, let's let's try and start on a positive note. I want to start as positive as I can before I really start going to town. So let's start with the score. <laughs> that would be the music. Yeah, that is the music. Because uh, this is also going to be a quick one. Yeah. Um, there's no major music you people are going to recognize, I don't expect, unless you're classical music people, and even then I don't think you're going to. Yeah, it's just sound to fill a void. It swelled when it needed to swell. It went down when it needed to go down. Yep. Nothing amazed me. Nothing really annoyed me. It was okay. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I don't think there was any. They were at a. Were they at a club? They were at a bar. Were they at a bar club? I can't remember. So oh, at the beginning when he, uh, when he no no no. They were outside. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, really, there's no music that had to be pointed in a specific Direction. fashion. No. Right? Yeah. No, it's just all kind of generic superhero-y 
ambiance. Just filler. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. Out of ten, that's seven for me. Seven. Yeah, okay. easy category one down. Category one down. All right. I want to go I want to continue this semi positivity train. Um let's go with the cast. Mm. Lots of names and faces. Yes. Uh, of familiar uh, whether it's past, present, and some of these people just been doing tons of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, well, like we we got we got just a taste of Martian Manhunter in this. Yes. Now I I had mentioned um, the Superman and the Man of Tomorrow. Much more Martian Manhunter screen time in that film. Right. Uh, and the person they got to voice this, I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Ike Amadi. Sounds right. Yep. Uh, he has quite a history. He's been in a bunch of stuff, and I, I couldn't because it was such a short thing. I couldn't put my fingers like, I know this dude's voice. Where is it from? Right. Mass Effect. I love me some Mass Effect, and he was one of the characters in uh, Mass Effect uh, from the DLC uh, that came out, and it was – he did a great job. I mean, it, he kind of gave – a. A thick accent, you know, uh, it's always entertaining to hear an alien with a very specific geographic Earth accent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it, it worked. It worked for me. I liked it. Um, but, yeah, he's he's been in a number of things. You know, Guild Wars 2 and Grand Theft Auto and Wolfenstein and Diz, uh, Lego Batman 3 and Halo Kamchatka. Halo 5 Kamchatka. You know, just tons and tons of video game stuff, several animated things. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's got a great voice. Yeah, he yeah. was in, and he's been doing um, this voice character now. Like, like, I guess you could say that he, quote, owns this voice character for the time being. For the time being. Uh, but he was also in, if we go to the top, was he not in, where is it? All the way. Man, he's been doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was in our favorite current game. Yes. And that was the other thing that I, that I didn't recognize it at first. Like, oh, right. <laughs> He's in Starfield. It's like, ah, oh, Commander Akande. Of course he is. Of course he is. Yep. So this dude's been doing a lot of stuff for a long time. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Jimmy Simpson they brought in to be green arrow the the character that you like better animated than live mm -hmm. this dude's been doing a lot of stuff for a long time i loved his run in house of cards um he uh he's been doing a lot of stuff i mean he's he's been in the business for for forever i think if you the listeners saw his face you would say oh i know who you're talking about yeah. now you you've seen him in something because like he's been in a lot of something. Black Mirror or or something like that. You know he's he's often a secondary or tertiary character in a lot of plays. One of those characters in a lot of films and television shows. He does a, a good job at it. Though. Oh yeah, no, he's always good. Um, <clears throat> talked a little bit about Aldous Hodge. I love Aldous Hodge. Have since the since I laid eyes on him in Leverage, and I will. I will watch anything that he is in. And so far, he has not disappointed me with his efforts. Now, the th stuff he's been in isn't always the best. Maybe not so great. But his efforts always make it better. And this is no different. 
him voicing John Stewart, first one, it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that'll work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely get behind that. I can I can see that. I can see that for sure. Uh, but yeah. Oh, speaking of Leverage Redemption, as of the time of this recording, just got picked up for a third season. But on um, Amazon, not on not on the freebie, right? But on Amazon, right? So that's a big deal. Yeah. So this is very cool. Um, hopefully, he continues to have you know loads of success. I love that dude. Uh, you got Brian Bloom coming in to be Adam Strange, the other Strange, mm-hmm. uh, a character that is uh, galactically dull. <laughs> I never have liked that character. It's like, well, okay, we're going to create a universe of superheroes, but you remember back in the day that there used to be this character called Flash Gordon? What if we kind of brought in Flash Gordon into a bunch of superheroes? Well, you know, Flash Gordon was only just a dude with a ray gun. Yeah. But he's got a uh, jetpack. Yeah. So did Flash Gordon. It's basically Flash Gordon. For the DC world. For the DC world. Snore. But Brian Bloom, very good. He's got a great voice. Yeah, Brian Bloom. Did he? Was he doing? um, We'll talk about the director and what the director has done. I think he's been in uh, voice acting and some of the other things that the director's done. Oh, yeah. Was he uh, in some Marvel properties? I mean, besides the whole world of things (laughs) that he's been in. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he's been in 219 projects. I guarantee you he's been in it. Yeah, I thought he was in one of the like Avengers cartoons as yes, well. Yes, he was. We definitely have that. Um, so, yeah, so we got that. We got the incomparable Nolan North doing Hal Jordan. Nolan North, if you don't know who that is, go go look him up. This man's a legend. He always does great on his, on his voice work. Um, Keisha Sharp is Vixen. Uh, I want you to do a side-by-side look at the character that she's playing in the movie and then look at her real-life picture that they've got on IMDb. <laughs> I feel that's all they did when they were casting. It's like, oh, she looks like, yeah, okay. Makes a check. <laughs> Brought in Wick D. Wasserman as Sinestro. Um, eh? He's been in a bunch of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's done a lot of voice work too. I don't like this pick for Sinestro. Um, I I he did as good as he could, but I now. Yeah, I've heard worse. But uh, yeah, so I mean, all in all, pretty solid casting for the voice. Uh, so what they do is let's get the casting together, and let's make sure they don't have any chemistry together. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's they they filmed them and maybe they just did each person as their own individual component and didn't do them in the same room at the same time. It's probably possible. Probably. I mean, everybody, people are busy. They got they got things uh, going on. Um, but man, I mean, it's a lot of talent to just kind of waste. But they should show up in future projects if they're of this quality no thanks i'm fine i'll watch their other stuff well Uh, i mean they will be because they're part of the the series um you know out of a out of a 20 i mean because it's a combination of not just who but did they bring did their performances really 
bump things up. So they got the right people, and it felt like at least half of them were just phoning it in. Gotta make that money, son. And it was just kind of meh. So for me, that's a 14 out of 20. Uh, I, I, as a, as a whole, I enjoyed the movie more than you did, but in this particular case, I did 18 out of 20. So we got a little bit of a, little bit of a break there, but still 14. It's almost, you know, mm-hmm. 75%. I mean, nice bump, bump just a little bit, you know. All right. Let's talk about that director. Jeff Womister. Womister. That may or may not be correct. Uh, do do not quote me on that. I did not look it up, um, but just from the way it's spelled, it's either Wamister or Waymster. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Wamister. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, so all right, he had done a great deal of animation and character dev- uh, design before this. Um, did a lot of uh, art departmenty stuff, but as far as directing. Uh, the show, Guardians of the Galaxy, was his first directorial thing that he did. This is only his third direct time in the director's chair. Yeah. Um, if you look at the animation stuff that he did, um, I, I've, I've said in, in the past that I really like the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It was on Disney. It did two seasons. I it's a great show. It's one of my favorite animated things that was presented to us years and years ago. Uh, I remember having having to look for it because I couldn't stream it. Right? It was like I it it would randomly show up and then it would randomly disappear, and I'd be super sad. And then now that it's on Disney, I can watch it whenever I want to. But all the sequences, this, there's two seasons. They're all tied together. All, everything kind of builds into a combination for each one. Rolls over to the next season. It's great. And then after those two, the Avengers cartoons that they had uh, went to a different direction. Right. And those were okay at best. Those were the ones that he was heavily influenced on the animation. So like the Avengers Assemble, that is just okay. And there's a lot of episodes. Like obviously they went six years. There's a lot of episodes with that. He did a bunch with Ultimate Spider-Man and that was... It just made me hurt when I watched it. Yeah, the it, it's like the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes was for adults and kids, and then the Avengers Assemble was for kids. Yeah. And then he did the Guardians of the Galaxy show, which some of those shows are actually yeah, they weren't too bad. pretty decent, and yeah. then some you know, not so good. And the voice acting was weird, and the stories were anyway. Uh, what we saw then with him is they basically picked him up to run the gauntlet of a lot of the movies for the current iteration. Right. They did that before. If you look at the earlier, like the 20 shows that we were talking about, um, it's like Sam Liu did a mm-hmm. lot of the directing across the board for those. So they trying to keep it consistent so the storytelling remains consistent. Which I got to give them a thumbs up for that as their intent. And if you look at the other ones that he has done, the there's like a Justice Society thing. Um, and then he's done a couple of the more recent ones. And they are, at best, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, basically, for me, 
there's very little history on this guy. And a lot of the stuff that he did before, I didn't like. Going into this, I could already see his style, like I said, with that just that, that screen cover. And it's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and go in clean and not have that affect things. And I, I feel like I was mostly able to do that, and he still disappointed me. <laughs> Could not get the, could not get me to care about any of the anything. I mean, now to be fair, he did not write this. He just directed it. Just directed. So John Semper and Ernie Atbacker are the credited writers for this, but it is up to the director to have the vision come together, and it didn't. I I wasn't even expecting. I wasn't hoping for great. I wasn't even hoping for good. I was hoping for okay. He didn't hit okay. He hit okay. No, I disagree with that. That this this thing was and we'll get to why a little bit later when we dig into it. But no, no, I'd say for me out of a fifteen, I don't I don't want to put this all on him because I want to give him another chance. So I'm gonna I feel like I'm being actually generous with this score. But out of fifteen, I'm gonna give him an eight. I said nine, which is just a step above yours, which is yeah. okay, you know. Yes. But sorry, so okay, you said give him a second chance. So what are what? Let's look at the other ones that he has done. Absolutely. Um, so he has done as a director, so far, uh, like we said, the Guardians of the Galaxy show. He's done Justice Society, World War Two. He's done Legion of Superheroes and Justice League War World. Hmm. Of those, which one would you like the best? That's hard to say. I'm going to try Justice Society. Yep, I think you'll have a a better response to that one. Um, the Legion of Superheroes, honestly, um, I kind of like that one. The Justice League War World. Um, well, there's a reason I don't want to go with the Legion. So Justice Society is still basically most of the characters that people know. There's a handful that you don't. Yeah. But it's mostly good stuff. Legion, if he's actually doing the Legion, is one of the least known and understood DC properties. There is no way he's not going to mess that up. Zero percent chance. Uh, we've seen in other uh, DC animated things the Legion show up before. Um, so I was at least familiar with the characters and their relationship. Um once again, whether they got it right or not, that's a whole different ball game. So right, but we'll we'll see. Okay, so moving on from director, let's go to let's really start the bashing. Sure, <laughs> let's do it. So all right, so uh, we're going to go to costuming and props. This one's only worth ten points, so it shouldn't really be that bad. Um, now again, I'm going in with the bias of having forty years of comic book history under my belt through the, the comics and the films and the television shows and all that. And some of it's been good and some of it's been bad. Some of it's been campy and some of it's been serious and all that sort of stuff. And you got to, okay, you got this pressure on you to make mm -hmm. your mark, but you still have to keep it identifiable and recognizable. All right, great. So let's take the most simply designed item in all of comics and all of DC where the weapon is a ring. It's a ring. 
a ring with a symbol on the front. That's all it ever has been. That's all it ever will be. That's what it's meant to be. It's simple. It's a utilitarian thing. It's not a style choice. They're not trying to be ultra-futuristic. Occasionally, mm -hmm. the symbol changes. And what do they do? Well, what if we put some lines on it and uh, made it kind of striped? And it had, a, it had the symbol on it. Yeah, it wasn't a real good version of it either. But, you know, that just might be my bias kicking in. But the lines thing, it's like, come on, dude. Lines don't make it cool. You can ask Rob Liefeld about that. So you're saying, like, when you say lines, like, not like stripes, not striations, just how it was animated, they put the lines in it? How, it was a combination of how it was animated. It actually had lines, on, like stripes on it, too. Well, stripes would be silly. I don't remember seeing that in there. But. It didn't stay the entire time. It was just kind of like for a couple of sections, but to make it seem all the, the stripes. No, no. It's enough that it floats and talks to you. It doesn't need to do that. Keep it simple. I like how it talked. Yeah, well, that was fine. Um, how about the, uh, I'll, I'll go with something is okay. Um, the design for his outfit. They did. They did okay with the John Stewart. That's pretty clean. Green right? layouts. Pretty clean. Pretty simple. That was fine. So, what about Shaira's nth metal uh, mace? Well, they went. They went a little TV with that. I didn't fault them for that. The mace looked okay. The mace was already always a little oversized for what it really should be. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the comics, it's not often not that big. Eh, forgivable. Uh, they overly elongated her um, her cowl, her face. That didn't mm. look great. Um, the wings were simpli simplified. I didn't like that, but that was more of a choice and not the mistake. Uh, Sinestro, that was a mistake. Uh, again, the whole point of the symbol is you identify the core that they're in with the outfit that they're wearing, the symbols in the middle. The thing he was wearing was not the right symbol. It, it was on his ring. You could see it on the ring, not on the outfit. Why? Because he had the he had uh, the the parallax creature in his. Doesn't matter. In the comics, uh, Superboy, uh, not Superboy Prime, but uh, Kyle Rayner has the parallax entity in him. Uh, John Stewart has the parallax entity in him. There's a lot of people that have the parallax entity in him. They all have the same fear symbol because parallax is the fear entity. That's where it comes from. It's a, it's an identifying feature. It's like this is Superman. What's on his chest? A grenade. No, it's an S and a shield. That's Superman. You don't change it. Stop it. There are certain elements you leave the same. You want to change like some of the colorations and the striping and the thickness of the lines and whatever that on the that, fine. Mm -hmm. That is core. That is key. It is a dumb choice to make. Who were who were the uh, the people who were his team? Uh, random baddies for the most part. I mean, the, pulled from alien races that were present in DC for a lot of the times. I mean the. Uh, uh, the 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 mind flaying kind of uh, alien comes up a lot. They're they're often uh, uh, a race that tries to attack Earth and does all sorts of nasty stuff. So having them associate, there's nothing wrong with that. 
except so he's got Nissa who, you know, they can change things around that he meets her earlier rather than later. She's got the symbol because, you know, it's consistency. It's consistency. Um, but you're going to have two of them be from the Yellow Lantern Corps, but not the rest of them. No, no, it's really not not how they, they do things. It's, it's a core. They, they have all the soldiers, and they don't really work outside that unless they don't want to be associated with them. There's no reason to change that up. Just, well, we need to have more aliens. No. 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 And they look like they look like Ben Ten aliens. That's true. Um, the one I, I recognize, the one like mind control, like third eye. He he showed up in other DC properties oh, as yeah. well. Um, so I recognize. I don't remember what the, what his name was. Um, yeah, he's he's part of a, like I say he's part of a whole race, and they're all like that. So that one I recognize, but yeah. the other ones I was like. Okay. So you know what you want to do that fine. Uh, the uh, the um, vixen it's actually okay. Martian Manhunter was okay. Yeah, uh, like the the like the Martian Manhunter design they have for this series is kind of like the like old school, right? Like the current version of the old school right. setup. So yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. So yeah, there's there's that. And uh, Green Arrow, doesn't. it feels like they couldn't decide which direction to take him, and they just settled somewhere in the middle, which I guess is okay. Uh, so he's not like the, the super fun Green Arrow. He's not the super serious Green Arrow. He's not the very you know, rugged Green Arrow, the muscular. He just kind of, this is, this is Bob. <laughs> he, shoots, he shoots them arrows pretty good. <laughs> it's just kind of... So combine that with simplified versions of the the Ronians and the Thangarians and and it's the ships were bleh nothing. Oh the uh indicator of an alien race of how sophisticated they are is how easy they and he goes over and he hits the the handprint and it reminded me heavily of Super Friends. The buttons don't have any writing. They don't look no. like they do anything. It's intuitive. Oh yeah, and that's sure. Yeah, no, it's just it's a it's a Tonka Troy, uh, Tonka truck, a <laughs> kid's toy. It is so dumbed down, and it's just like, come on, man. No, I have a, I have a feeling that a lot of this has to do with the animation style, right? Right. right. So everything was dumbed down. Now the symbols that you were talking about. That is a, that is a choice, not a animation style no. sacrifice. That's a choice. No, uh, I feel like some of the other things are animation style sacrifices that you have to make. No, but so what they do is like, well, let's make it instead of the more complicated fear designs, make it look like a bullseye. No, no, stop it. Let's have bullseye be in it. That'd be cool. That would be kind of cooler. But it's like, yeah, no, it's just, it just. Because it was dumbed down, it basically ruined everything. Not like ruined, ruined, yeah. but you know, when somebody adds too much of the one ingredient into the one thing that you're eating, it's like, I get it. You you really like time. Stop using so much of it. 
So the whole time, the whole family is watching a movie, but Ken's watching the symbol on the chest. I'm watching everything. It's hard not to see it because I've been reading this for, oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, out of a 10, like I said, this is more ire than anything. They didn't outright fail, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good is what you're saying. Yeah. So five out of 10 is what I give that. I did seven. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. My blood's boiling. Boiling and roiling. Watch your blood begin to boil. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep on moving. Keep this keep this train running. The train that just ran into all the passengers. Yes, you <laughs> Waiting to watch this. Break film. your rusty cage and you're good to run. That's right. Uh, let's go to cinematography. Uh, it's obviously a little different with an animated film because, you know, there's no cameras. Mm -hmm. But we try and approach it from the same thing as if there was a camera because they made choices to come at things in a specific way. And uh, so quality of animation and, and, and the styles that they chose to use and uh, how clear it appears to us. Um, what did you think? So I, I, I think in terms of the anima animation style, um, once again, I'm going to compare it to the other set of movies because those just seem to be... I don't know, a little little bit more detailed. This one is very plain, very squared, even lines, very equal mm -hmm. colors. Uh, and, and the other thing that's in here, too, from different sequences, I also feel like the frame rates are a little bit different, too. Right? Yeah, probably so. And And that's just because instead of having to do X amount of frames they can do them faster and uh, cheaper, of course, if you knock out frames intermittently in there. So it's just less work to have to create from an animation style. Uh, I don't mind it. It's not my favorite. Um, when they went, when they did the, uh, I'll go back to the Marvel ones, the, uh, the Avengers ones, and they switched to this style. I, I, I just kind of felt they took a step back in it, right? Where what they had before was much nicer, cleaner. It ran smoother. It looked smoother. And then this just seems very bland. And I don't, I don't mind it. I wish it were better. And, and it, I think it ties into the actual mood of the, of the movie. Or I mean, uh, as well. For all of these in that it's not exactly polished you know what i'm saying like right this isn't they're, they're not going for big budget on this no, no we're going to tell a story and, and have it be the end of things and to do that and to make you know to get it out there you have to have, find an animator that's going to do this and have that happy medium where it's not awful but it's not as good as it could be right and i think that's what this is so I always feel like there's a couple different avenues that you can kind of go with an animation thing. You can have it be ultra realistic or stylized, you know, uh, or overly realistic. Thinking back to the Aeon Flux stuff from mm -hmm. you know MTV days, or a lot of the the high end kind of animation stuff. If we if you watch, um, you know, you know a lot of um, well a lot of anime really. You know, we'll use a, a very a very um, high quality high high thread count for lack of a better term yeah kind of thing you can go that route or you can go with like a quirky style you know ed ed and eddie 
or things like that where mm-hmm. it may not be the best quality, but you know they're trying to present things in a slightly different thing, and the style itself is almost a character in the presentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you can go ultra simplistic Winnie the Pooh. Uh, uh, keep it keep it clean, keep it simple, and don't don't press things. Make it so that the four year olds and five year olds can enjoy it. But it's not really going to have a whole lot of draw for the older audience. Now, occasionally you can get around that if the writing is good enough or if you add just Mm -hmm. a little extra stylized. Like the original Batman animated series was more of a simplified thing, but it was gorgeous. And and the lighting that they chose to use and the the, the shading and all that, it it just all played and it worked. And even the Superman was kind of similar in that way. He was he was drawn like he was made out of uh, you know the Stretch Armstrong toys, where it was you know super square jaw. That's completely unrealistic, but it was okay because of the kind of stylistic choices they made. It, it it worked. There was a continuity between everything that they animated, right? Whether it was a building or a car, the shapes matched. Yeah. So with this, they made it real clean. And the shading wasn't, I mean, no. that wasn't a, necessarily a thing. Like no. If it was a blue, it was blue. Yeah. If it was red, it was red. It was It was not It was not detailed nearly enough for my taste. And if they were going to keep it simple like this, it didn't, it didn't have nuance. It didn't have flavor. It didn't have feeling. It was very flat on the page, like you were in a coloring book. Okay, kids, keep inside the lines. Make sure you got plenty of space between the thick black lines that all of the characters had so that you could put your colors in. Oh, good Lord. And because of that, none of the fights had any stakes. I'm I'm watching I'm watching coloring book characters fight each other. Who cares? It doesn't matter how it looks. Because you know what? The bricks look like they're made out of foam because that's how they made them. There's no there's no real Again, there's no detail to make it look like broken. You know, whatever it is, is just uh, I just, I just uh, all of my care drained away. Yeah, it's it's not what I would choose for a revamp series of however many movies, a dozen movies that you're gonna do this. Um, if you would have told me. If I was in the in the in the room, like we need to go a different direction, and we're going to do an animation, we've seen this thing before. Here's the gentleman that we've kind of picked, and it was just showing us the the Marvel things, mm. whether it was the Avengers or it was Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd be like, no, dude, no, <laughs> to the, the slow motion, no, no, come on, no, um, and and it, and it does. I I don't know what the target audience is. For this one, because it can't, it can't be kids. The subject matter doesn't make sense for it to be kids. Hal Jordan is killing people, killing people. Like, so they're they're blasting people in yeah. this one. Like, it's not just like it happens by accident one time. They're, they're not making no. jokes about it. They're calling out the fact that it's cold blooded, awful. Yeah, throughout the course of uh, of the movie, so they're like trying to put adult themes into children's animation. But the body looks like it's a broken paper pinata. Like when you know, Sinestro got blasted. Right. It's like, oh, you know, that pool of blood is just a shape that's one color of red. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, come on. 
No, I got I was speaking of blood, you know, in the uh, comic books, there is a uh, there's a uh, a grouping of individuals with power rings that are red and and they and they uh, house the rage. Uh, so much so that uh, if they ever take off the ring, their their hearts have been replaced by basically the power, and they will die because all they have left is rage. I felt like I was going to get one of those rings while I was watching this. It was just so bad. Yeah the 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 thing that confused me is like it, it's like this in the um, Man of Tomorrow too, where people are just getting straight blasted. And and cut down in the shows, and you're like, I I'm okay with that. Right, that's fine. If you're going to present this as things are happening, people are going to die. Um, okay, you're trying to put stakes in it, I suppose. Um, and and maybe I maybe I don't know how things work, but if you are a, a lantern, would you just always kind of have your quote, uh, you know, shield up? No, it drains the drains the ring. So, but if you but if but if you are in a fight, yeah, shields are always up. You would always have it up. Mm-hmm. So if someone's going to shoot shoot you with random weapons, um, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything, right? So like, you did you just let your guard and your concentration down, and now I'm going to get blasted by these guns? Like it seems, yeah, off. You know, so the the style carries no weight. I didn't get excited by anything. Oh, and I forgot forgot, forgotten the costuming and props. They're they're Hal Jordan as Parallax costume. God, just so bad. God, that was so bad. He had like a a a jacket on. Did he have a jacket on? He may have had a jacket on, but when he turned, when he revealed himself to be Parallax as the black and green with the, the, they tried to make it, it's like, well, it's like a five-year-old tried, this don't look cool, let's put this on the thing. Mm -hmm. No. No. He had a glow. Now, don't get me wrong. I will say this. The way that he was drawn in the original story as Parallax. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> it was it was a little over the top, a little goofy, dated for the time. Sure. You want to you want to pull that back but keep the core? That was not it. Hmm. That was that was what they would call a miss. Uh but what about so at the beginning of the movie when uh, John's, you know, reliving his past and he's got the flashbacks, but then he gets into a you know a fight. Did it look like he was really fighting the people? No, my favorite part uh, was looking at his face. He never shows expression at all. Well, yeah, he's stern. Right? No, no, there's there's stern. That's fine. There's stoic. You can be stoic, but no matter how stoic you are, the eyebrows, they don't lie. The eyes don't lie. There's crinkles. The mouth changes a little bit. There are grimaces. You could have him bite down anything. It was the mat same all the time. Just cut and paste. Well, you know, we're talking about different cells you have to animate here. That's one less thing on that that you have to animate. So hard. Yeah, just... Uh, you know, maybe maybe this is one of those, you know, the, hearing about the studios that, you know, uh, strike or striking because they're getting overworked. It's just not, we can't do this anymore. Maybe that's what happened. They, they're down to like six dudes in the department. It's like, okay, you guys were interns. Now you guys are going to do the next film. We got you right now. <laughs> 
Uh, so I'm, I'm again, I'm being mean, and again, this is I'm just going to reiterate this is an impression, interpretation. Not everybody's going to share this, and this is not meant as a slight to the creators because again, creating anything is incredibly difficult. There's a lot of time and energy, and your heart goes into it. And I salute everybody that tried. However, sometimes you make a bad omelet. Try, try again. Yes, please try again. Try harder. Um, for uh, 15 points is what cinematography gets. I gave it a 7. I did 10. Yeah. All right. So many of those things I had problems with. And we always talk about the writing being the, the meat and potatoes, the nitty-gritty, where we get down, down to Down to the nitty-gritty. So how did they do in the writing? I bet you're asking yourself not at all. Um... Okay, so I don't know the John Stewart character. They gave you the tiniest little bit of development for him, right? Tiniest yeah. little bit. It's, it's like uh, it was the equivalent of the Snapple cap trivia. Yeah. Showed him, um, you know, hiding behind cars as they were getting sprayed with bullets and the people were dying around him. And so we we knew at that point he was a, a veteran, a, a chiseled, hardened veteran. Right seeing death and destruction around him, having a struggle with that in his real life. That's right. Um, Is that what makes John Stewart cool? Um, I think what makes John Stewart cool, and you've mentioned this before, is the constructs, right? So where some are more playful and effective, others are more practical and effective. Um and John was always, from what you told me, more more practical, more thought out. He's an engineer. That's why his constructs works. He understands the nature of of how things work, because so that's how he puts them together. They gave just I can see where they were thinking about it, where he's trying to learn and he's putting the train apart, putting the train back together. Yeah, that but, was. That but was, they don't explain why. That was training. They did. He was training. Yeah, he's uh, training. Hilarious. Uh, so, no, but the level of intelligence this dude has, let him show it. Give him a blurb. It's like, I went to this school, studied this thing. Let him, let him put together some more interesting constructs, show how he's applying physics to it. Because, you know, with, with Hal Jordan, it was I'm making fighter jets and swords and basic stuff and simple simple things for the most part. With Kyle Rayner, he's the artist, and it's all this detail and dragons and all these other things that are going to happen. And, you know, with uh, with Guy Gardner, it's, you know, he really likes Wonder Woman, so he makes a Wonder Woman <laughs> out, of the, out of Green Lantern. He's done that before. Funny stuff. Or, uh, or Power Girl or whatever because he's, you know, a bit of a womanizer. But... Uh, uh, thinks he's a playboy, you know. But you know the whole thing about John Stewart. He will make a sniper rifle out of the green construct, and not just it looks like one. It is down to the internal components. He will make a bridge that would function as a bridge because he knows how the bridge works. Mm -hmm. It's this stuff that makes his character cool that they don't go into at all. He made a gun. What else did he do? A bus? Was it a bus? Yeah, he did a bus. Um. Yeah. So, but it's no, out, of, no, out of context. Now, now remember, 
he'd only had this ring on his hand for a short period of time. Sure. So even learning to create constructs was a new new idea. And of course he's uh he doesn't know what his power is or how to operate or, or control it. So in order to make that seem amazing, you need to compare it to something. And they don't. No, so we we don't know this is a world that already exists, right? Right. So he's he's getting introduced into a world where there have been Green Lanterns. Right. Right? Where there was one who was on Earth, who was part of a team, who did things, who um, was already in a pre-existing set of conditions. And I do like the aspect of it's thrown at him. Yeah, right? that's fine. So it's like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? What like, he he doesn't even know, which was which is weird. But it's he not doesn't the know. choice that I would make. Basically, what they took is they took Kyle Rayner's story and gave it to him and gave it to him. So it, it's almost like he didn't even know aliens existed, even though the Justice League existed. Right, right. So, but the fact that he's just kind of in it and there he, he it's like you are you are uh you know the one who will save us effectively is what mm-hmm. it was and he's like whoa you know just kind of thrown into the situation and what do you do if you are the one who you know you're you're with uh green arrow and you're with hawk girl and you're with well martian manhunter is his own thing but what i'm saying is the people he's with if he was trained, he's easily the most powerful f- person there, right? Green, Green Lantern, yeah, almost. Martian Manhunter. Well, no, no, yeah, yeah. Aside from him, aside, oh, for, yeah, 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 easily, yeah. Yes. He would be the most powerful. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, he is the one. When you have a dude who just runs around and shoot, you know, arrows, and he's just a regular old human going up against all these things, he is the one that is the most powerful in the group, and it suddenly. He should be the one responsible for all of these people because he should be the one that's the most powerful. And that that side little aspect was interesting, like little snippets of the things like when he says, like, take me to somewhere and who can tell me what what this thing is. So it it takes him to, you know, uh, up to space. Right. And he just goes in and there's Manhunter, there's Green Arrow, there's Vixen. And he's just like. Hey guys, what uh, what, what's up? And they're like, and then they attack him, intruder, right? <laughs> what? Yeah, I thought that was just kind of like they just stare at him for a couple seconds. Intruder attack! He he's clearly coming to kill us. This guy in a jacket. I I, I thought that was weird. I like the fact that the ring knew exactly where to take him uh, to a place that he didn't know existed. Which is that somehow somehow anyway okay. But and they didn't see him coming. Well, well, he had a green. He had a green lantern a, ring. ring. But um, the the tower has defenses and sensors. It lets everybody know. Oh, incoming at blah 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 blah. How, you know, might even called him Hal Jordan because it was Hal Jordan's ring and power signature. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. He surprised him. Snuck in. Um. Okay. Cool. And then they decide. You know, this is what's happening, but there's trouble on Oa. 
Was it Oa? Yes, there's trouble on Oa, so you're going to come with us because you have a ring now. And he couldn't take it off, so um, we're going to go. Right. And they magically went back to the ship, and it's reconstructed itself. Convenient. That's Plausible. Not out, yeah, not out of the ordinary. And, uh, but th- then that's when they're like, how do we fly this thing? Well, the ring knows how to do it. So I liked how, and I mentioned this before we started doing this too, that Green Arrow was effectively doing on-the-job training for him. Right. That's fine. Without being a a jerk about it, but with... Hey, I've done this before. Yeah, like, I, I... I know what's going on here. You yeah. know, I, 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 that, that tells you that there was a history. Right. W- without you telling me. And that was, was one of the few parts that I thought was okay. Yep. And because that's the thing. Hal Jordan and, and, um, me and him are friends. I mean, yeah, that's, that's key. So let's bring in one of the friends one <laughs> in of the them. middle of it. You know what? You know what we're going to do? You remember that really big, thing that happened in the comics where Hal Jordan basically killed off the entire Green Lantern Corps and then eventually in his new evil persona down the road, not immediately, like years down the road, reset the universe as Parallax and then later was retconned to have been para, you know, possessed by the Parallax entity. Let's shove all three of those in at the same time not tell you anything about it and screw up all the stories simultaneously. Yeah. Very, very kind of crowded together in terms of how it went from they were helping to construct. They established a, a backstory in, in terms of the, the war that was happening, uh, although it was interesting. And then they threw in the Zeta beam things and then, okay, magically now you have yeah, Adam Strange, which is a that's Zeta a, beam. That's a deep cut. It, that's, that's comic accurate. Yeah. So that I, in the aspect of the layers that they built on that story, don't look at it in terms of comic accuracy. Just look at it as at least they gave it a, a backbone of sorts based around this war. The war was a real thing, right? The war, yeah, absolutely a real thing. And you needed context. Don't drop people. Okay, so here's here's the thing. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too, and that's one of the things that's really annoying the crap out of me. Okay, you want to restart the whole thing over again. Cool. You want to do it so that people will come in and feel they're on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Cool. You don't drop them into the middle of stuff without context if that's what your goal is. An intergalactic war between two, uh, you know, two people that you as a comic book person would know. Of course, some people with general knowledge would know the the Hawk persona. Um, But in terms of the overall knowledge of that war that's been an existing thing, but in, in this world... Like, you're right. You're just getting thrown into things that already exist and have existed and do exist. And to to the the, the tiniest little thing, it's the Jon Stewart being thrust into everything, which is interesting. That can be a good story, but we're the viewer. 
And if you're really going for what you're going, you have to do something, a little bit of exposition, a little bit of dialogue, a little bit of something that kind of says, oh, oh, yeah, this is the thing that happened with the other guy and the one dude. That's enough to get us going. They don't do that. Yeah, if there was a Green Lantern part, even a part of a previous thing that had any any context for the Green Lantern Corps, period, th- that would be cool. But you don't get any of that. No. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if this was just a vessel to introduce, you know, Hawkgirl. Maybe. Fine. Um, I, I like how Green Arrow, like we said, got more more action screen time, more presence in this one. Um, not as a smarty pants, smart aleck, but not as a not as a jerk, but not as a. I know he, he was more of a seasoned veteran. Yeah. let's call it. He was a little more reserved than and he normally would. Be. Confident. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's just a dude slinging arrows at people who have massive amounts of power. Yeah. Um, so I I liked some of that that context in there. Uh, I was wondering on like the 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 Rainians, was that what they are? R- Ronnie, Ron, R- Ronians, Ronians. What is their power level? Are they just dudes too? High or? tech. They're dudes. Okay, so that's that goes back to the Adam Strange character who is just you know a dude with a gun and, and a yeah he's pack. he's Flash Gordon and the Zeta beam thing. He just attracts Zeta beams. Um, That's not worth getting into. It's such a deep cut character, and it's really strange that they decided to bring this into it. I is there? It is so confusing what what they're trying to accomplish here, and because the whole thing like that. Okay, I'm going to go back to it again because he he uh, Richard was right earlier. The fall of Hal Jordan is one of my favorite stories because it presents somebody that has been a hero. For a long time, we've been alongside him. He saved, he saved planets. He saved people. He saved galaxies. He's the man of the unbreakable will. He was in the museum, right? Well, but that still doesn't really mean anything. There's a lot of things that are in a museum. There's a wax museum in the United States with some questionably <laughs> made figures. But so the whole thing is like, well, what what would it take to break this man's spirit? To finally say, I've had it. Something has to be done. And they put him through absolute hell to get to that point and to see him break down and finally just lose everything. Well, in this one, it was uh, he was helping someone. Uh, he got knocked out, and then they put a bug down his mouth. Yeah. What a, what a waste. Good Lord. To take, to take this... this amazing story and dumb it down to that and then on top of it not really explain what the bug is i'm sure that they don't care and it doesn't mean anything to them and the whole storyline with the the darkest night and the war of light and good lord there's so much to pull from and it's so awesome well and then as you watch this the thought process was if you are new to this series, series or new to DC in extent, and you're like, okay, so the Green Lantern Corps—they're pretty powerful, right? Well, yeah. Um, how are they powerful? Well, you know, 
it's it's the willpower. Like you have to have a really strong willpower. You have to use the, your willpower for your constructs. You have to use your creativity. Well, this dude suddenly has you know twenty of them, so he's going to be unbeatable, right? Oh, that's that's the other thing that really gets me. Good lord! So when he when he kills the core, you know, yeah, you know, it's the whole thing with all the rings. They don't give an impression. They don't. They don't have you understand how big the core is. You think, you know, at the end, John Stewart, let's send out the rings and start the core again. There are like twelve of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, there's like there's there's hundreds. There's, there's more systems than that. Right. You know? They do not give you any indication of how big this this group is and how important they are and what they've done and who the guardians are. You know. Oh, good. Yeah, I I could rail on this this plot all night. There are so many problems. I just I I don't have the time. The 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 way that they introduced the way that they they made Hal Jordan just absolutely flat. I mean, just he had no personality. Well, if you ignore one hundred percent of any comic book history, right? I'm just going what they presented. If they do what they present, because you know that there's way more context and there's way more Green Lanterns and there's way more power and there's way more things that happen. But if you are a person who has, who doesn't know that and you see this and you're like, this happened and they've, they've made it so trivial and they've left out details, but in the, in the walleye vision of this movie, all the moving parts coming together, this planet has a war, and they were setting up, they made peace, and they had this thing to do this, and they were helping, but then this happened, and this happened. There's a lot going on in there, but they tied it all together, and I'm not saying in a good way, but they tied it all together. They gave no backstory, they gave nothing, and if you, if you as the viewer, knew nothing of any context of any of that stuff, I think you would have found the storyline they gave you as, at best, acceptable, but not bad. It's just that knowing, and, and even me, I, I'm, I'm ignorant. All I know is what you have told me in the past about these things. So when I'm watching it, I'm like, I, I know the Sinestro character, and I know the background, and I know the Hal Jordan character, and what you gave us, were throwaway characters. Yeah. And in the world of DC, I'll go back to what we first started talking about. Like if you're not like Batman, Superman, whatever, get rid of those guys and you're going to have this whole other world, make it be good. Like yeah. don't don't make them throwaways. No. Don't make those characters throwaways. You know, Green Lantern is part of the core of the Justice League. Do do more to, to to kind of put it in perspective. Part of the story, okay. So th I don't know if I told you the whole thing. So the 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 basic synopsis is as as he's you remember the fall or the reign of the Superman storyline. Doom, yeah. Doomsday, okay. Doomsday comes in, kills Superman. Four people come in claiming to be Superman. None of them are Superman because woohoo comics. Uh, <laughs> but during this whole thing, you find out one of the Superman's actually the evil man, and he wants to destroy the world and gets the help of Mongol and they destroy Coast City, which is where Hal Jordan is from. 
and he tries to use the ring to bring them back, doesn't have enough power, and is told by the Guardians that that's not what their job is, that's not what the power is for. They died tough. And he doesn't accept that. And, you know, I've never asked for anything. All of my friends and family are dead now. This whole city is dead. You know, I, I want this one thing. I know you can do it. I know you've got the power. No, not going to do it. All right, unacceptable. And just starts going one by one, finding other lanterns, defeating them, taking their ring, leaving them wherever they are. They might die in space. He does not care. Just starts making his march to Oa. At this point, they've beaten Sinestro, and they have confined him within the Green Lantern, the main battery. That's his prison. And Hal is so dangerous, they make a deal with him to take him out of the Lantern. You are our last line of defense. You trained him. You stop him, please. And they they go this bare-knuckle thing because he's not going to, it's Sinestro, he hates more than anybody, takes off the rings, they have a, a fight, and he snaps his neck. Just just cold-blooded, I'm done. That kind of level of impact, and they boil it down to this crap. Uh, that storyline, mm, where was that? I think that was in, where I remember seeing that, that as a side note in terms of... Um, what, like how he wasn't able to save people and that it had to do with, yeah, that's in it. That's in another DC animated property. I can't remember which one, but they touch on that aspect of it, not yeah. him going and wiping everybody right. out, but his breaking point, if right. you will. And then when he finally does get killed and it is by green arrow, he does shoot him. But you know, in this, we've got like a handful of people. And he's supposed to be really powerful, but he doesn't really look all that much more powerful with all those rings. He's not really doing anything special. He's glowing. The dude basically took energy and tied a bow around all of reality from the beginning to the end of time and pulled. That's what Zero Hour was. And it was like 60 heroes all fighting him simultaneously, and he had a handful of allies defending him. And he used all his energy, and there's this big buildup. And again, it's supposed to be this very emotional thing. And in this in this movie, it's just like, I shot you. <laughs> gotcha. I gotcha. God, I was so angry. Uh, yeah, nine. So once again, I felt more of the ignore what the actual story is. Let's do what this story they presented us as. Because I feel like in a lot of other movies, there's a lot of broken, super convenient things that happen. And in this one, the things just kind of played upon each other. And once again, like I'm watching this. I'm knowing that as these things are happening, I'm like, there's more to this story. There's more to this. I know what Ken told me. There's more to this. Oh, hey, there's Sinestro. Um, he's like, he's like a big bad. He is. Not just like. Who they kill off. Yeah. Like, he's not just like a throwaway. He's a big bad. No. And the way they treated all of that stuff 
in, like I said, wall. Uh, you, you don't know who Sinestro ever was. You don't know how great Hal Jordan ever was. All you know is there was a war, and the war spiraled into other issues. They got thrown into it. They resolved the issue. Now we're going to start over again. Cheesy, but in the in this world of simple down everything, it actually made more sense to me than watching other things. Not that I, the back of my head is like, I know this isn't right, but let's, <laughs> let's, let's eliminate that. It's like all the other Marvel movies, when you are watching them, you're seeing this and you're like, I love what I'm seeing come to life, but, and I think what the creators want you to do is take that out of it, take the butt out of it. That'd be and fine. it's hard to do. That'd, it's just hard to do. No, I, I was ready to do it. But because I've seen what it was, I know what it can be. I know what they have to work with. Let's see what you do with it. Oh, I'm going to trip and fall on my face. That's what I got. Well, our only salvation, our only hope is that the live action Green, uh, Green Lantern show, if it ever gets created, will be good. Will be good. And that's a real big F. Fingers so I did uh, 14 on this. 14. Movie. All right. So bonus points. If I gave any, they'd be negatives. I'm not going to do any. Uh, because we love to manipulate our store, our scores, I put one bonus point in for the Green Arrow character and his on-the-job training, his banter, his just presence in this show that elevated, I felt like, the rest of yeah. the characters. He was the most polished, for sure. Yep. All right, so that brings uh, Richard's score to a gentleman 71. That's... Uh, you know, C minus territory, but not too bad. Uh, I gave it a fifty-five. Um, not the lowest score that you have had, but darn near close. Yeah, real close, and definitely failing. Um, I was, I was not happy with this. Uh, there are elements that were bright spots, but all in all, just a steaming pile. Well, maybe a pile. You're not steaming. <laughs> a Gomer pile. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, golly. Uh, what did you think, folks? Uh, am I being too harsh? Uh, in this in this upcoming year where forgiveness may be a thing and yada, yada, yakety, schmackety, we'd love to hear from you. You mm -hmm. know how to contact us. We're still on all the social media. And uh, as always, we'll be coming back next week with another episode. You know, we're kind of like the mail. We almost never fail. Uh, ooh, that, that rhymed. That did rhyme. I thought about that. I was like, oh, gosh, look at that. But uh, we're going to do something a little different because, you know, we're big old dorks. Uh, next week, we're going to come back with some gift-giving ideas for some pop culture-obsessed people that might be in your in your life. Just some interesting things that we think that others might enjoy that are kind of into some of the things that we're into. Yes, and that gives you, if you listen to this uh, episode next week, that gives you a few days, <laughs> just a few, <laughs> uh, to then find, order, ship, buy, and have them ready if you are celebrating things on the 25th or if you're doing things right later than that or if you're doing things uh on the 16th the day after that one comes up right. you know it doesn't matter it's ideas for everyone that's right 